0: The Kingsman is about to hit theaters. It's actually a prequel to the Kingsman franchise and not, as I assumed, a sequel to The King's Speech. Thank God. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Merle here with my thoughts on The King's Man, and if it seems like you've been hearing about this movie for quite some time, it's because you have. Shooting on this movie began almost three years ago, and it was originally scheduled to hit theaters on November 8th of 2019. Seven date changes later, it is finally, allegedly, hitting theaters. We could have a New mutant situation here, but I don't think that we do. It seems like we will actually be seeing The Kingsman in theaters on December 22nd. Kingsman director Matthew Vaughn is returning to the franchise for the third time. Vaughn also co-wrote the screenplay. The movie is set in the days and months before World War I, as the Duke of Oxford, Ray Fiennes, desperately tries to keep world peace alongside England's King George. Oxford's son Conrad, played by Harris Dickinson, defies his father's wishes when, spoiler alert, World War I does break out, all as a shadowy organization of some of history's worst villains, including Rhys Ifans as Rasputin, tries to sabotage all attempts at peace to bring about chaos. And yes, as the confusing name would indicate, The Kingsman is a Kingsman prequel, but it's also more than that, and I think that might be the biggest flaw that the film has. Every 40 minutes or so, it sort of transforms into something new. It starts off as an alternate history retelling of the origins of World War One, and then it kind of goes into a gripping World War One drama, and then transitions again to the sort of over-the-top action-adventure finale we've grown accustomed to for this Franchise. It's like Matthew Vaughn had three different ideas about what to do with this movie, and instead of picking one of them, he just decided to do them all. This is usually the downfall of a movie, but The King's Man somehow makes it work, and I think it's because these three different pieces are first of all relatively self-contained, and secondly, all really work on their own terms. The first part of the movie really does belong to the character of Rasputin, played by Reece Ifans. Time to dance. On your grave. And you don't really get much larger than life as far as historical figures go than Rasputin, which really gives Ifans license to go absolutely crazy. And I really like this trend that we're seeing in the Kingsman franchise of hiring great actors like Reese Ifans or Julianne Moore or Samuel L. Jackson to be kind of the showcase villain in your movie and then letting them go absolutely bonkers, just let them off the leash and do whatever they want to do because it fits with the tone of this franchise. Ifans turns in an absolutely madcap performance as Rasputin, that's equal parts odd, but also delightful. The second third of the film largely takes place on the battlefields of the Great War, later to be renamed World War I, because we just couldn't stop fighting each other. And I would say that it's reminiscent of Sam Mendez's film 1917, which came out almost two years ago, but this was actually shot before 1917 was shot. So in a way, 1917 is kind of reminiscent of The King's Man. It's just that it happens to be coming out two years later than the movie that was shot after it. The pandemic's been crazy, hasn't it, folks? Of course, it's nowhere close to the quality of 1917, but very few movies are. And tonally, it also really doesn't have anything in common with what's come before it. We go from over-the-top and self-aware to gritty and earnest, but the actors that are cast in this film all acquit themselves well and are able to help manage the transition in tone. Back then, to be called a gentleman would have been a death sentence. Not the mark of honor it is today. This is also a franchise that knows how to cast young leads, starting with Taron Egerton back in the first Kingsman film and Kingsman the Golden Circle, and here with Harris Dickinson, who is known mainly for a lot of uh, grittier indies, movies like Beach Rats, also a couple of mediocrely received studio films like Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. He has such a clean-cut World War I look that I half expected George McKay to run across screen and introduce a shared universe with 1917. Let's be honest, it wouldn't be any more ridiculous than the other stuff that happens in this movie but it's this casting it's casting an actor who's capable of not just being the pretty face on the poster but actually doing what's required that makes this section of the film work and it's extraordinarily well shot and well executed it really is like a short war film in the middle of this kind of silly action film the final chapter of the film really sort of introduces the main villain of the movie who honestly is kind of a letdown after everything that we've already gotten with Rasputin and we also get down to the actual origins of Kingsman. We see it go from hushed talks in the back of a tailor shop in the cutting room with the scissors and the fabric samples to the beginnings of the independent intelligent organization that we see in the later films. And I have to say that I very much enjoy watching 50-something Ray Fiennes as an action star. I actually wouldn't mind revisiting this world in the future because he's a little bit like Liam Neeson when he took that Taken route, when he became the action star, but yet he's such a great actor that he has that gravitas to actually hold it it would be really weird if all of the leads from Schindler's List became action stars later on in their careers and you know we've had Ben Kingsley doing uh, Marvel movies and we've had Taken Now and and Rafe Fiennes with Kingsman I think it's time to expendables it up and just throw these three in a movie together a red type movie these are three pretty great actors and that is an action movie I'm going to tell you right now I would be in line on opening night to see Oxford is accompanied by his armor and right-hand man, Shola, who's played by Jaiman Huntsu, and the only person who can actually keep this whole operation on track, Polly Wilkins, who's played by an actress whose name I legitimately have a mental block about saying, so I I I promise this is not a put-on. I'm going to do my best to say it right now. Jemma Archer... (laughs) Jemma Archer... (laughs) Jemma Archer... (laughs) Okay, I'm going to get this one of these days. Jemma Arterton, one more time, Jemma Arterton, my apologies uh, to Miss Jemma there, I I, I don't know why, I just have an absolute mental block about saying the word Arterton, Arterton. it's not her fault, it's all on me, anyway, she's in the movie and she's really good as well. Other familiar faces pop up in various roles as the movie goes on, and it's kind of fun to spot them and say, like, is that? Yeah, yeah, it actually is. And this movie actually is a lot of fun, and and it's weird because it has all the hallmarks of a movie that really shouldn't work, and yet when I'm looking at the Kingsman franchise and my favorites, I think I would actually slot this below, somewhat below, but still below the first Kingsman film as far as my favorites in the franchise, and I don't dislike Kingsman the Golden Circle, but I actually thought as disjointed and weird as it is that this was a pretty solid. Movie. This is a franchise in general that seems to know how to have fun. It's in on the joke. It's not afraid to do corny humor, etc. Because it sort of knows what the audience is expecting and it seems really focused on entertaining the audience first. And maybe that's why I like it so much because I, I really like the spy genre. But Kingsman recently has been Maybe one of the only franchises that's felt comfortable doing this kind of humor. You, you don't really see much of it in the Daniel Craig Bond films, you don't really see much of it in the Born movies for sure. Even the later Mission Impossible films, they've all gotten very serious, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love all those films and I love all those franchises, but I like the cheeky nature of these Kingsman films. And even though this deals with some very heavy, serious stuff, we are talking about World War One here, you also get some of that humor. I would have enjoyed a little bit more cohesion in the story and And like I said, the only thing that really keeps it from feeling jumbled is that they don't try to interplay all these storylines at the same time so you can at least follow these different tracks of the film from one point to the other but I liked the action I'm a big fan of how Matthew Vaughn stages and directs action I think it's a really strong cast and to be honest I had a lot more fun with this movie than I expected to but I, I don't think that my opinion of this movie is based on low expectations and it just exceeding them this really is an enjoyable film if you're a Kingsman fan I think particularly you're gonna enjoy this movie if this is your introduction into the Kingsman franchise I don't think it's it's gonna hit as hard for you because it is playing a lot of inside baseball and stuff that you might not get or appreciate as much as people who already know the references that they're throwing out and what they're setting up for later movies. And I think that might be a barrier to this movie's box office success other than you know the whole pandemic thing. So it's a recommendation for me on The King's Man. I know it is a very crowded holiday box office picture, but if you get a chance to see this movie, particularly if you like the franchise, it's kind of a fun afternoon at the movies for the adults. It's an R-rated film, so you know the kids aren't supposed to be there. I mean, if you wanna bring them, it's up to you. They're your kids. I'm not gonna sit here and judge what movies you take them to. But more than likely, it's gonna be something that a lot of people see on whatever streaming service it ends up on. And so if you're going through the menu of Netflix or Hulu or wherever it ends up, who knows at this point, it's worth your time stop hit that play button and enjoy a prequel to a franchise that's able to keep that spirit going so those are my thoughts on the king's man are you excited for the movie or is this an afterthought in your holiday plans let me know down in the comments below and as always if you want to see even more of what i'm up to you can check me out on patreon at patreon.com slash dan merle and if you like what you're watching here on youtube but you prefer an audio version Everything I do here on the channel is available on my audio channel. Uh, You can find all of those links down there in the description below. I'll be back tomorrow with yet another review. We're we're just barely into the 12 reviews of Christmas, and we'll be catching up on some of the awards season movies that I haven't had a chance to talk about. Some releases going all the way back uh, through the year. I'm excited to bring that to you. Thank you so much for watching, and also don't forget, later this week I will be bringing you a Spider-Man No Way Home spoiler review, the non-spoiler review. Spoiler reviews already out. Lots of stuff to talk about. It's a big time for moviegoers, uh, whether you're watching at home for the things that you can watch at home or heading back out to the theaters. And I hope that you'll spend some of that time here with me. Thanks again for watching. Stay safe out there and I'll see you next time. Bye. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water and the historic 7-mile bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.